Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Uh, we're going to. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. We got we got people up this morning. We got up. Yeah. Yeah. I would tell you go wake the other one up, but I realize she's over here, so I can't I can't I can't have you do that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sleeping in. Huh? Yeah. Over that knocked out tongue hanging out of mouth. Bless the heart. And that's just the dog. I ain't got to the wife yet. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Mhm. Well, good morning to all of you. It's so beautiful to be with you. Morning, morning, Mister Doctor Dick Vandinas. Somebody else. Yes. On this morning. Well, you have your personalized prayer request. I am not. I, I do want to say something to you because uh, I had a a little bit of a conversation, and, and, I, and I want to say it to you, fine people, because you know it's a fine line between this train of thought. A fine line. And uh, I, 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 I tell anybody who goes in this direction to go cautiously, you know, because it's almost like you're walking on cyanide tablets. But I was sitting down and I was having a conversation, Mama Bell, with, uh, you know, somebody could probably be one of your cheerings, you know. Um, some, some of them. Some, can I just say some? Somebody say some. Some, 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 not all, some. We understand the word some, right? All right, we got it. All right. Some of them in that, you know, my mama's age range that have the mindset that the sun rises and sets around them because, you know, they got PhDs and DVDs. And CDs and IRAs. And I found myself, Mama Bell, getting a little angry with them. Because, you know, now they can wine and dine with king and queens. And they look down because, you know, you was the ones eating pork and beans. You understand? And, uh, you know, they come back from their whining and dining. And, you know, they they have their... Very, well, you know, I just sat down with the mayor. And we had a nice conversation. I wish I could show you how, because, you know, they got to take their napkin and, and, and roll it up in the pinky and then dab the corner of the mouth. You understand how this works. And uh, we yeah. had a conversation. You know, the eyes and the air. You know, the whole stick. And I'm sitting there, and I'm getting angry, getting disgusted. And 
I happened to hear something in the back of my mind. I don't remember when I heard it. But there was a commentary that Mr. Biden said some time ago uh, when they asked him. They said, you ran for president four times, and you finally got it this time. And Mr. Biden's response was, I had to wait for the snobs to die. And I didn't hear that until that minute. And the reason why I heard it, because Mr. Biden looked at one of the people he responded to. He says, I'm younger than you are. And then they laughed. And he said, you didn't figure it out? He said, actually, I'm younger than you are, Mr. Biden. He said, that's right. He says, you got a long way to go. He said, yes. He says, you ain't got to be as old as me when the snobs die. And the man said, what does that mean? He said, don't get mad at them. Wait them out. Keep your cool. They'll die tomorrow. Big heads don't. Big heads don't last long. And so that was very encouraging because a lot of times we have this mindset, at least I do, you get very defensive, upset, because folks look at you and make you feel like they're better than you or they know more than you know or you're nothing. You ain't going to never be anybody. That's a lie. Snobs don't last that long. You can wait them out. So I wanted to tell you that to encourage you. And the second piece that I want to tell you about that is because it takes me to the text, and that's what I would like to ask you to add to your prayer list this morning. There's a passage in the Bible when it's interpreted in various ways. It says, pray for fools. Pray for those who think ignorantly. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. If they had known, they wouldn't have acted that way. And so while Mama Bell is praying, playing, she's going to pray through her playing, you know. I ask you to consider those folks who might get on your nerves a little bit, who conversations with them might make your skin crawl. A, let them go. As one of the reverends used to came around here, used to say, bless them and release them. And then realize, Father, forgive them. But they're crazy. Mama Bear, you feel like playing while we pray for these crazy folks? All right. Okay. Thank 
John chapter 8, verse 36, it reads, John chapter 8, verse 36. A slave does not remain in the household forever. That's verse 35. But a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I want to talk this morning very briefly as we prepare for our celebration uh, sons and daughters of a nation sons and daughters of a nation my dear grandmother would you pray for us before we get into our message today Most gracious and all wise, Father, we just thank you, we love you, we praise you. And most merciful, Father, we ask you to look down upon us. Help us, O oh God, to see you and to honor you and to praise you and to magnify your name this day because of all you have done for us. Bless this service, bless the speaker of the hour. And, O oh God, as the word come forth, hide in our hearts that we may not sin against you, that we may live holy, holy, holy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Sons and daughters of a great. It's very interesting that we have this conversation today because we are smack into the thick trap between two very important moments in American history. On uh, Thursday, excuse me, last Sunday, the 13th, 13 days into February, yes, we had a wonderful time watching the Bengals get destroyed by the Rams, but that's not important. Uh, some of us enjoyed a very good Super Bowl show. That's not important either. Uh, I know a few other people made one or two dollars. That's not important. Unless they're paying me some of it. Uh, but what is important is that on February 13 marked the birth of one of the greatest abolitionists of all time. As a matter of fact, this abolitionist 
happened to serve as the first African-American vice presidential candidate in the one and only Frederick run eight to the first woman president presidential candidate. That was February 13. Then we come down to next week, the 20 days of February. And you get into the birth of President of these states united, number 16, Mr. Abraham Lincoln. And right up in here is day 16 because he served as the 16 president, or president number 16, if I could formulate that sentence in that way. 16 is a very interesting number. 16 is where you get the famous verse that most all folks know. They can quote it back and forth. The drunks know it. The atheists know it. The blind and the uh, impaired from all forms know it. John 3.16, you can lip sign it. You can uh, mumble it. You can all by everybody, everybody, from sea to shining sea, Africa, Iran, Iraq, Venezuela, everybody knows John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Very interesting because when you get back into the history part of this, as I want to discuss with you very briefly, sons and daughters of a great nation, you discuss the issues that faced our time through or in between these two great leaders. It was a horrible time domestically. It was a horrible time politically. The good thing about Frederick Douglass and his person of choice, or should I say the person who chose him, was that it was a white woman and a black man on the ticket to become president and vice president. That lets you know that, uh, or should I say it further intensifies our argument that black and white relations were not as horrid as they have appeared to be. Yes, there were some who hated black folks. There were some who wanted to despise and use and abuse but there were many people from other ethnicities, from other races, from other cultures that did not look as black people as their lesser than. They're subtracted from society, but they looked at them as human beings, as God-created creatures, just as they were. And I feel like it's very important when we have these moments that we look for the opportunity to appreciate all of these fine individuals, these multiracial situations, multicultural situations that spawned in a time of severe despair. This woman, Miss Abigail, who was at the forefront of the women's struggle, 
and Mr. Frederick Douglass at the forefront of the African-American struggle. And even though their situation met defeat, it spawned another great leader in Abraham Lincoln. Now, there's many arguments about Mr. Lincoln, many that I don't wish to get into today because I have better things to do with my time, and you certainly do as well. Please thank you for the time that you've allowed me so far. But one of the great things that you cannot deny is that his pen did strike a paper that marked the end to one of the horrid times of this nation. Whether it was by choice or by force, there was still an occurrence that happened. A son of this nation declared we were free. A son of this nation decided that the best way to protect this nation, hence it, was to make slaves. Wonderful opportunity when you think about it because it is a hard choice to go against the grain, to go against many of your counterparts. It was a very interesting nation, or a train of thought, should I say, because a lot of us look at Norfolk as this great liberal city. We look at it as the wonderful home of democratic policies and, and social justice. But when you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section, go way back in time to this leader known as Abraham Lincoln. He won Norfolk by 3% of the vote. And even on that, it was barred upon what he would or would not do as it pertains to slavery. If Mr. Lincoln had a ran on the policy of eradicating slavery, he would not have won these states, this portion of these states united we know as the liberal side of Norfolk. He would not even have won Virginia if he had a ran on those policies. It's a wonderful thing how time has turned, how the system of justice has somewhat shifted, and now a city like this that was once barred upon the belief that certain folks deserve to be on one side of town and others on the other. But because of these policies, now many of the leaders that, uh, or the representatives or the people with microphones, however you want to describe them, now stand on the shoulders of one Abraham Lincoln, Abraham and Martin Luther King. These are the pillars by which towns like this ride on now. But it was a time when their policies was a little different. But a son had to step to the plate. A son had to make a decision. A son had to realize that if I don't step up, the world will be lost. Yes, this may cost me some political points. It may not make me look good in the polls. Rachel Maydow or 
Tucker Carlson may have a field day with me on the nightly shows, but they're regardless of whether or not those little polls, those five folks they call one night while they're cooking dinner, stirring the potatoes and the green beans, maybe they got an answer that made sense or not. Maybe the people didn't understand it. Maybe they just got hot and said whatever first thing was on their mind. It doesn't really matter what those polls said or how they got them. It is all I know is that I'm a son of this nation. And because I'm a son of this nation, I have an opportunity to make a difference in this world. If a son sets you free. Someone asked Mr. Lincoln, and I'm paraphrasing on a hope that this is true. I was not there. I know some folk think I'm old as dirt. But I know one or two people that's older than me. How you doing, Brother Dennis? They said of Mr. Lincoln, what made you feel that freeing these people was worth it? Mr. Lincoln has been told to have said on some occasion, you have to look at what's going on. Our brothers and our sisters are killing each other. Our churches can't get along. The Baptist church as we know it, there's only one reason that distinguishes the Southern Baptist from the Northern, and that's how we treat black people. Our churches can't get along. Our communities can't get along. Our families are breaking up. Our homes are being destroyed. Why? Because we cannot agree on how to treat creatures created by the same God as us. So I had the the authority And I thought it not robbery to use that authority to do what I believe was right. You know, somebody else thought it not robbery to use his authority. We was in another situation, an even bigger situation, more devastating than slavery, more devastating than racial injustice, more devastating than women. Uh, demoralization and, and put down and however you want to label the issues that face these states united. We had an even bigger problem and then the great leader, the chief leader of the universe, the creator of all mankind, he looked around. He realized something. This piece of business Abraham Lincoln can't do. Martin King, you not qualified either. Uh, Frederick Douglass, you're a wonderful man, but but you, you got too many problems. You can't handle this. Tubman, you're not good either. Abigail, wonderful person. I'm glad you you stepped up to the plate in the time that you did. But this piece of business is is it, just a little bit above your pay grade. And then over in the corner sat the real son, 
And the son thought it not a robbery and said, make me a body and I'll go down and redeem man. And so this morning, as you celebrate not just the culture that has overcome so much, not just the heritage that means so much, but the faith and the architect of same who has done so much. As you celebrate this morning, quietly, or oh, if Mama Bell feel like heading over there, you know, sometimes she get that spirit, I ain't going to tell her what to do. Whatever she want to do, she can do. I'm not going to tell you how to do what you do. You know you've been in church long enough to know how this game is played. But what you haven't been in church long enough to know is to take the time to really process. I hope that these few moments that I have spent with you, these some 16 minutes that I have shared, I hope that it gave you a vivid picture of not only a spiritual conversation, a religious moment in time, but how those two intersect with our everyday cultural situation. And I hope it helps to appreciate more the blood and body of our of the son of our great creator. You may quietly share in your elements and pray amongst yourselves if Mama Bell wishes to play that is on her. If she does after she is concluded, Brother Dennis will pray for us and we will conclude our time today. Oh, what? Oh. Want me to play what? If you want to, you can play. If not, we can sit quietly. I just gave you that option. Oh, no. I was upstairs, yes. Yeah. I will, I will, I will, I will. While she's getting ready, you can take your time and pray amongst yourselves. First, examine your own self. Let a man examine himself, find if there's any issues he has. Then afterwards... Celebrate and appreciate our Lord.
Good morning. Sorry about that. I was uh, thinking about a lot of different things. Thank you, Mama Bell. That was great. Uh, just remind everybody to come back on Sunday so you can hear us play again. Uh, I was thinking, uh, so I was sitting here listening to the beautiful music, how, how God uh, addresses us as individuals. We don't have to be a member of an organization, a church, or a special body, or, you know, have to be uh, uh, you know, sworn in with this or that. You know, he 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 uh, he takes care of us as individuals. He looks at us as individuals, 
just as his son came down and, and died on the cross for us as individuals, not as not as a corporate body or a church or, or, or a business or an organization. So when we talk to God, we should talk to God as an individual and as a separate person. We all know what we have problems with and what we deal with on a daily basis. So as I was meditating, I was you know, talking to God and telling him about uh, how bad I am and what I need to fix and, you know, praying for myself and praying for people that I come in contact with and just thanking him that we can celebrate communion, we can celebrate the remembrance of what Jesus did for us. And to me, that's what it is, is remembrance of Jesus dying on the cross. He gave up his body and his blood for me as he did for everybody else. You know, you don't have to be somebody special. He does that for everyone. So we have to thank you for that. We just thank you, God, that we can celebrate in the country that allows us to do that. And we thank you, Lord, that we can come and talk to you, we can praise you, and we can ask you for blessings upon us and our families and for safety and anything else that we need. But most of all, we should, we should always celebrate who you are. And with the music that Mama Bell played, that's what it was, a celebration of who God is. And that's what we did today, the celebration of Jesus. Amen and amen. Have a great week. Amen.